It is the Tuesday heading into week three. This is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is the all-star team you've been looking forward to every week. You're going to look forward to us every single week. It's my boy, Ben Brown, and uh, I'm George, and this is going to be a lot of fun because we're looking ahead to week three. I'm done with week two. I'm done with it. I've had it. There are like four great matchups in week three. And then a bunch of garbage games. And the best thing about the garbage games is that you can make them fun by betting on them. That's the only thing. You know, it's like saying, oh, this garbage team is actually way better than the market thinks. Um, And uh, yeah, we have one of those on Thursday. Let's start, though, with Sunday night um, because the Saints just played and uh, did not look good. So they're playing the Packers. They're at home. Um, what are your thoughts on where that spread is right now? It's been moving a little bit, I, I take it. Yeah, it's moved definitely a little bit from opening. I know like the look-ahead line of the preseason had it pegged at minus six for New Orleans. I think that's where it opened up. Um, after the Packers game kind of finished at minus six, it was immediately bet down to minus four. I would say I'm not seeing it on a book currently right after this New Orleans game. I do think we'll probably see one here, even maybe during this podcast. I do think it probably is going to sneak down into that minus three point range. I don't think it'll get any uh, lower than that at this point, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I know the narratives surrounding Drew Brees are going to come fast and furious tomorrow morning, I think, here. So we'll see. Um, You know, talked a little bit about it before, but... He's not looked good to start the season for the last two years. I think if you're getting on that Drew B, Drew Brees' wash bandwagon, I think that's potentially already left the station. I think he's been doing this stuff for a couple of years already. So I think you kind of take it for what it is. I know the Saints kind of got beat up um, from a penalties perspective tonight. Uh, 129 yards given up on penalties, five first downs. So it is tough to win that way. I know they had probably the higher EPA allow or EPA per rushing attempt. So higher EPA per play as well. So I don't know. I think the Saints didn't necessarily play that bad. Of course, Brees had the one bad throw, but I do think he's probably going to get ripped for it here uh, all day tomorrow into this next week. So where are you see, where do you think this line's going to end up at? I Well, look, I went on late night last night. I'm just a late night podcaster. It's what I've become. And uh, I said, if you're giving me Aaron Rodgers – in indoors with no fans uh as an underdog against drew Brees, i am uh i'm running like i'm calling so far into the window yeah. yeah run into the window i mean at that point so drew Brees, that's kind of how i feel drew Brees tonight 5.3 yards average depth the target when you play Derek carr and his average throw is 3.4 yards further downfield than yours that's when you've lost it like and I and Drew Brees, you know, it's it sucks because it's always like this guy's great, this guy's great, this guy's great, and then as soon as they start sucking, you go, this guy sucks, and yeah. you kind of feel like an asshole. But um, I would venture to say that they would have been better off with uh, with Jameis Winston in there because he could push the ball downfield a little bit more. Um, I, I mean, mean Jameis Winston probably three X's is the average depth of target in this game, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, damn, that team is so talented. 
you know, and I get that they're missing Michael Thomas. Let me ask you this question. Let's say it ends up, let's say it's minus three. Um, and Michael Thomas, I guess he was going to try and play this week. Let's say Michael Thomas tries to play. Which side are you betting? I mean, so last year, last week we talked a little bit about the Detroit-Green Bay game. I said I was probably on Green Bay at minus six, and I felt like that was potentially the wrong side and the public side, but I still thought they were going to win. And then yeah, and they, they essentially went out there and did to Detroit what they did in week one against Minnesota. So I'm probably going to stick with the Packers at that point still. I mean, I think it kind of comes down to, you know, the star receiver injuries at this point. I think Devontae Andrews probably looking more likely to play than Michael Thomas at this mm-hmm. point. So I do lean that way. I think if you got news um, that was negative towards one and positive towards the other, I think you probably lean that way. But if both of them are going, I'm still leading. I'm still going with the Packers at that point, even at minus three. I would love to have gotten it at three and a half. It was a line that I was checking, you know, five minutes to go in the game or something like that. When the Saints were down basically two touchdowns on Monday night, I was like, man, I really need to be betting the Packers at this point right now because I know this line is going to be dropping just because people are going to hammer onto that whole Drew Brees' wash narrative at this point. So even just trying to get that line movement, I do expect it to move quite a bit. But, yeah, I'm on the Packers. Sounds like you might be a little leaning a little more towards the Saints at this point. No. 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 (laughs) If Devontae Adams doesn't play, though, I'm not betting this game. The Green Bay Packers are too reliant on what is a top three receiver in the NFL right now. Whereas the Saints, it's not as much about Michael Thomas, as great as he is, as it is about, you know, Drew Brees and his and his arm. So yeah. um, if Mike, if, if Devontae Adams plays, it doesn't matter if Michael Thomas is playing. I'm taking the Packers at minus three. If it's less than minus three, I'm just going to lay off it. But Right. Uh, that, I think that's the point where you can't really touch it anymore. I think that's yeah. true. All right. Uh, let's go next game that I want to talk about. Uh, and then I'll let you jump in with one. But I'm just I'm ready to go with this one because I've already bet this game a couple of times. Um, Eric and I discussed the top two or top five teams in the NFL, and he actually had Baltimore ahead of Kansas City, which I think is an emotional hedge. He's kind of that way. He was on. He was. He was kind of on one last night. I still believe that Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. My reasoning being that they are. I believe they can win any game regardless of how it breaks for them. Whereas I believe that the Ravens are a team that, yes, they can dominate when they're leading, but if things don't go their way right from the start, they're not a team that I believe is coming back from 10 points down um, and winning on a consistent basis. So that being said, Kansas City Chiefs, three-point underdogs in Baltimore. It's basically three and a half, actually, because it's minus three, minus 130 for Baltimore. I... I just, I can't, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. That opportunity does not come around that often. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with your narrative at that point. I mean, that's essentially what we saw play out in the 2019 playoffs. You know, Baltimore got down yeah. right away, wasn't able to recover. Kansas City basically came back from two touchdown deficits in every single game, including the Super Bowl. So um, I'm definitely with you in that regard. It just seems at this point that the Chiefs are able to turn on you know the offense that they actually need to put forth at any point to win a game and Baltimore hasn't necessarily shown that at all so I do agree with you there is probably going to this is going to be the only game where Kansas City is essentially not a favorite so if you're getting points not a big favorite yeah I mean exactly so I would definitely agree I am definitely if you can get three and a half you could probably buy up a half point if you really wanted to but I do think this line moving to minus three even because you know in the 
in the look ahead lines, it was at minus one. It opened up at minus two and a half this week. So getting it all the way up to three, I think it's definitely a buying opportunity for Kansas City because, like we talked about a little bit last week, I mean, I think you're you're not necessarily you know selling Kansas City at the bottom, but I think there's some negative yes around what they put forth point over time against Justin Herbert led Chargers squad. So. so I I was an idiot last week. I did not see. I was too caught up in the season is just starting. And I didn't see the trap game potential for the Chargers. Right. The Chargers, um, you know, with Tyrod Taylor, such an anemic offense, they could barely score against the Bengals. And so I I don't think the Chiefs defense is nearly as terrible as it showed um, in that game. And to me, that, that, you know, there's just a big trap game potential. This is... A statement game and I, I think they'll show up um, but I am right. worried that the Ravens could just they could just come out and roll over that defense I think that's what people betting it up to three and three and a half are, are envisioning believing at this yeah. point yeah yeah I definitely agree with that um I would definitely side with Baltimore if I was going with just defense of course I think that's very obvious at this point but I do think that Kansas City is probably a much better offense especially if you're playing from behind like we've talked about so I'm definitely going with Kansas City. I think the one time I can actually get the Chiefs on the points this year, at least before the playoffs start, I'm definitely taking it. But this game has, you know, significant implications that we probably don't even fully understand at this point, just with the way that the new playoff rules are structured and how right. much you actually want that number one seed as well. So I'm not sure if that is fully understood by the market or teams, even how significant that um, change is going to be in 2020 but this game actually matters a lot for a week three game i don't know if there's ever been one that's probably been um as crucial for a team's playoff outlook than this game probably is going to end up being when we look back on it at the end of the season so that's a really good point the only bummer is that we don't have tess wit and book on the monday night call <laughs> uh all right let's go let's go a little quicker through the rest of these games because there's only a few that are um kind of close to that kind of level uh, but give me give me a game that you think has some interesting opportunity. I mean, we got to kick it off right away on Thursday night. I mean, yes. if you can't get Jack from Miami, Jacksonville, then I don't think you deserve Kansas Fitz City and Minshew? in my opinion. Right? I mean, what more do you want from him? The guy's 2-0. and He's covered both both games. Hasn't necessarily won, but he's looked the part. All the guy does is cover. Okay, so. but how do you if feel you- he's been a huge underdog? And now he's a favorite. Don't now he's a slight favorite. I, mean, I know Minshew is the is the underdog you love Come, to bet on. I just don't know how I feel yeah. about him as a favorite. He's the backdoor king. It's definitely true. <laughs> but I mean that and that's the thing. It's like Fitzmagic is kind of he had that title until Minshew stole. True, from him, in my opinion. So I'm more on board with Jacksonville at this point. I just two and a half points. I think it's a buy an opportunity still. Um, I mean, that's just kind of a little lean on home field advantage at this point. It's really all we're getting to minus one. So it would essentially be a pick em neutral site. And uh, I think Jacksonville is probably the better team. I would like to see Tua get some opportunities here pretty soon. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Ain't happening on a short week, home. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So but that's the unfortunate part. But yeah, I'm definitely buying into Jacksonville at minus two and a half. I think that's a go spot here. Um, okay. Jacksonville's just look much better to start the season, in my opinion. So I'm with you. Let me, let me give you, uh, I'll give you a little devil's advocate here. Um, Gardner Minshew is a, is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick at some point. <laughs> like that's his destiny dude with, you know, and it'll, the, 
the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where it's like, hey, did you know that guy went to Harvard? Gardner yeah. Minshew will be like, hey, did you got know this guy had like, you know, four jorts or whatever. You know, they'll come up with something. They'll be like, oh, I can't believe I, I forgot about that. But Gardner, I think, um, I think has that potential. Now, in in the first two games of the season, he has not shown the you know any sort of like propensity to turn the ball over. Um, but I do worry that, that you know something that we saw a little bit towards the end of last season where he kind of like you know became a little more erratic. I am actually I think if I were to bet this game now if it's at three um, I would I think I'd be tempted to take the underdog because I think both these teams just kind of right. suck. Right. Yeah. I mean, two and a half and three is a completely different yes. conversation in my opinion. So I'm definitely anticipate this game probably coming down to the wire at this point it could and that's the best part about this game you don't know if it's going to be like seven to three or it could be you know 33 to 30 at this point it's just these teams are kind of all over the map so i think it's going to be kind of a fun match yes. from that perspective but um, i agree i think it, i'm looking for i think to it's it. going over um right. i just I, there's points are just what's being scored um right now all right let me give you one uh this is a very Exciting, a very enticing matchup here. Um, and it is the Tennessee Titans uh, going to Minnesota to play the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I, the Titans, I believe, right now, it's minus two and a half, a little bit juice towards the Titans, but uh, minus 115. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, yes or no to this question, are a bottom three team in the NFL right now. I mean, what? We got the Jets. And then I mean, <laughs> you're going, so, you're going second worst. <laughs> I don't hate that call. I don't though. think I. I know that's the thing is I don't think. Obviously, Eric's hatred for the Vikings runs deep at this point. Yeah. I think mine might run just a little deeper because I haven't quite let go of some of the pain wow. that they've caused me throughout I, my younger childhood days. I, so I just, just uh, I just need to let you know I I don't have time for another therapy session. Not another rant, and that's what <laughs> Eric said. Everything that needed to be said. So if you want to know where I'm at in this game, I'm definitely buying Tennessee at minus two and a half. I know I missed the best number. I know. Tennessee was plus three, you mm-hmm. know, in the look ahead line. They were pick them to open I up. Mean, I'm still just, I'm taking, I mean, the thing is, I know at some point the Vikings are going to end up winning just this completely crap game and end up in like the fourth through seventh draft pick slot and probably end up taking like Tanner Morgan or something in that range. Brock Purdy. So it'll just be Destiny. <laughs> yeah, Brock Purdy is, yeah, and that's actually basically the battle at this point. So they'll miss out on the top two um, and end up with just another chance at. QB purgatory, basically, which is where they've always been, which is fine. So I don't know. All right, but give me another game. I knew you were going to bring up that game to me. I got to we'll give you one it. here. Then. We'll get off it. So got to move off of it. I'm kind of intrigued by the Rams at you know the Bills. What are you thinking on that game? I'm fascinated uh, to watch this game. Um, the so let's see the Rams list on Bet Chris right now. It's it's plus two. So I mean, uh, um. I don't know. I don't know. I, the I, the Bills to me are a better team. Um, they're at home, but I am just here's the thing. I'm not ready to buy into a team like the Cowboys last year, who have played two of the worst teams in the NFL to start off and look good against them. Right. So I need to see the Bills do it again, and if it were plus three. I would take the Rams. It's not, so I'm laying off. I do think a sneaky opportunity here, though, 
48, like we're just seeing points scored all over the place. Right. And uh, I think I would take the over here. Yeah, I mean, that is true. The points have been just coming in bunches at this point. So I don't know. The Rams were a team that um, we were kind of lower on, I would say, in general. So then yeah. when they start off as good as they do, I always have this like point of reevaluation where I'm trying to figure out if I miss something. And in doing that, I feel like a lot of times I then begin to like overweight what they're you know, first two game performances as opposed to actually kind of trying to regress back to my initial understanding of them. So I don't know, but I feel pretty high on the Rams at this point, but I do agree with what you said. I do think um, if you got to minus three, you could buy the Rams at plus three. I do think that's another buying spot, but other than that, it's probably, probably best to avoid um, this game. But yeah, I could see some, could see some fireworks coming here from the offense. Side of the ball I, game, so. I'm looking forward to trying to learn something about these two teams finally. Cause I, Right. I just don't know that I do. Um, here's one that uh, that I'm excited about, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals getting six points. Could be six and a half by tomorrow uh, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a tire fire right now. And Joe Burrow, everyone wants to talk about he's undefeated, or, or sorry, how he's lost uh, two games in a row or whatever, first time since whenever, blah, 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 blah. The dude is undefeated against spread. That's what matters. This Cincinnati Bengals team is bad, but Joe Burrow is not. And the offense, when they're down, it's not like one of these teams that just can't, they don't have any firepower. And here's the other thing that I think is kind of sneaky. Burrow's been really inaccurate down the football field on deep throws. That's something that's unstable. I think it will regress. You're getting a, you know, almost a touchdown there. I like the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, this line has been on the move since the look ahead point. I think it was like minus 12 before the season started. Of course, Philadelphia has essentially fallen off a cliff. I do think I would potentially put the Eagles as that third worst team. I know that's probably a little bit of an overreaction to start the season, but I don't know. I think Carson Wentz is just bad. not, just not. Here's what I'd say about the Eagles is if you, if their team was exactly what it's been, then yes, but they've just been decimated by injury, right? Especially up front. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line hurts. I mean, obviously, we saw what Miles Sanders can do when he's actually back in the game is pretty prolific from the backfield position, which isn't necessarily at all significant, but at least it helps, you know, Carson Wentz in this tra- check down situation. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big backer of Cincinnati. Of course, I like them in the offseason. I wrote them to actually make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now they're 0 2. They have, you know, pushed and then covered. So I do think that they played quite well. They obviously had a pretty tough schedule to start the season. I would have liked to see them um, pull out the one against the Chargers, I guess, would have been nice in week one. So I don't know. I think I don't think that line's going to get to minus seven. So at six and a half, I do think you're probably still leaning towards the Bengals, but I'm not feeling uh, necessarily great about it. But yeah, I would definitely be looking to back Joe Burrow again anytime I possibly can at this point. So we'll see. Give me one more real quick. One more. I mean, I guess we'll look at what do you think? Dallas at mm. Seattle, huh? Two teams kind of going in opposite directions. It's five right now. There? I mean, the well, Russell Wilson bandwagon. I mean, people are on it. Yeah, it's getting pretty crowded Man. at this point. It feels a little bit like the Detroit Lions in the preseason. And okay, do I get to be the? Do, am I driving this bandwagon? I said the Seahawks are going to make the Super Bowl. I feel like you. Are, I mean, I feel like you're the captain of the ship at this point. For I sure, had to get something. So, right. I feel like it was a great call. I mean, that was a great call. I so. get something right. Uh, do the cow? Cal- I mean, I, do you have any sense of where the Cowboys are at? Because it, 
if you no. had said, hey, you know, they're getting five preseason, you'd be like, wow, man. I mean, that's – but, dude, here's what I came away that from that Patriots game with. That Patriots, has, Patriots team has a really good secondary. And right. the Seahawks just – I mean, they got open. Russ hit guys uh, in stride. It didn't matter that they had Svon Gilmore out there. Like, he was attacking him. Cowboys have no one near that. Um, I don't know. A little bit of urgency maybe leaves the Cowboys because they snuck out a win. I think, as crazy as this seems, I would take the Seahawks. Here's the other thing about the Seahawks. There are two other teams in their division that are 2-0. So, you know, they've got to really come out and and lay the smack down. Uh, What would scare me is the Cowboys coming through the back door because they have, again, one of those offenses that that you'd like. Maybe you just take the over. It's 56, but who, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's an extraordinarily high over. But, yeah, I mean, it's at this point, I don't see Dallas at all slowing down Seattle. I do think Seattle has the best offense in the NFC. I'm not necessarily going to say in all of football at this point with the Chiefs, maybe the – you know, the Ravens and stuff. But I do, I mean, I love the receiving core at this point. I think DK Metcalf is probably, you know, the best young receiver. I can't believe we're saying that, you know, two years removed from where he went in the draft and that, you know, kind of everyone's thinking on what he was actually going to be able to do in the NFL. But, he's a beast. I mean, they look good. He's the perfect fit for Russell true, Wilson at this true. point. So, I mean, um, he, he stacks guys like no one else. The dude is just a, a, a beast. Right. I, I still love Terry McLaurin. Um, yeah. All right. That was uh, we've topped twenty minutes. We're not legally allowed to go past that, so um, you guys can check out the rest of the daily betting podcasts, and uh, we'll be back to talk more NFL very shortly. In the meantime, if you want to hear the whole uh, slate of games, we run through all of them on the forecast. You can go check that out too. Ben, get some sleep, buddy. Great to talk to you, and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday.